Welcome back to yet another fun-filled, riveting, uh, educational, uh, expletive, um, sometimes sexual episode of uh, Bored to Death. I'm John. I'm Kayla, and confused as to when our podcast has gotten sexual, that's not the vibe I was trying to give off. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean like shuffling a nice deck of cards doesn't just get you going? Usually not, gotta be honest with you. Me neither. You've thrown them on the floor way too many times for that to be a sexual adventure. Yeah. Good thing that this isn't for kids. Nope. Explicit content tag is for a reason. Yep. The rolling of dice makes me flaccid. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> really uh, like to change the subject now. Yeah, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. If uh, this is your first time, um, welcome, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if not, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We're a tabletop and uh, board game podcast that likes to talk about tabletop games and board and, games. And? Tabletop games and board games? Yeah. Okay. Because not all tabletop gaming is board games. No, I know. You just said that funny. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I said stuff funny. It's that beer. That one beer. Yeah. It's getting to you. I took a sip and crawling on the floor. Yeah, sounds about right. Anyway. Yeah, we're here to uh, talk about some more fun stuff and... Uh, as we've been acquiring a lot of games through this uh, past uh, 13 months of uh, pandemic times, almost, almost like... We're coming up on a, on a year of being inside the house. Yeah. Approximately. We're almost to a year of being inside the house. Like, not actually. Like, just like... In February, it'll be a year of being in the house for the most part. Yes, Late for the February. most part, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But while we've been adding uh, an exorbitant amount of games to our collection uh, through... No fault of our own. We have no impulse control. No fault of our own. Yeah. It's completely our fault. 100%. We have no one to blame but ourselves. And we got to talking, you know, just off air about, like, what is, like, what are the more important games that we consider, like, to be staples in our collection and yeah. how to go about, like, managing the things as you get them. Yeah, really thinking a lot about how we organize things, how we offload games, how we keep adding more things, sometimes by accident. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes, you know, when people know that you like games, they give you games, which is its own issue and its own episode altogether. Yeah, it's tough. So really, we were talking a lot about how we organize what we have and how we... Continue continue to make sure our house is organized because I am the one who cannot handle clutter and cannot handle shit being everywhere in the house. And so managing our collection is of utmost importance to me. Yeah. And while I have more, uh, I have a higher uh, level of dealing with clutter, I also like when things are organized. So when we talk about managing your collection, like straight up, you have to start with how many games are too many games. Yeah. According to the internet. And according to the one part of my brain that says the limit does not exist. Yeah, I I mean, it's not like you have... I guess when it comes down to like when we talk about our collection, sometimes I do feel bad about the amount of money we spent (laughs) on some stuff and the... uh, Like how likely we are to bring it to the table on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I told you, and I've said this before... But uh, I'm absolving you of all board game guilt. Your board games do not have feelings, John. Just because you don't play them, they don't feel bad. I know. And sometimes different games have their place, right? 
I don't think there's anything wrong with taking some of your games and shoving them in the closet that you might only pull those games out when you might have a group of people, right? Yeah. Maybe you've only maybe you've got six people over, which you shouldn't probably do that right now. But all the more reason in our current circumstances, if you've got a party game hanging out, you should just put that shit in the closet for now. Yeah, I legitimately. Guess it gets to be like we we like have games that play better with more people, but like again, we have not gotten to those in quite a bit of time. So it's mm-hmm. like Oh, we, we don't want to offload them. We don't want to get rid of them because we will come back to them. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm not sold that there is a, there's not a specific number that I think is too many games. I think about it in terms of how when we adopted our third cat, uh, the, the shelter told us that the limit in terms of how many cats you can have is how many you can actually manage and take care of appropriately and i was like that's the most subjective thing on the planet (laughs) like subject i think i can take care of all of these cats my house says otherwise yeah it's like nah there's only so many litter boxes you should healthily have in one area Yeah, you probably shouldn't be breathing that in so similarly if you translate the metaphor here to board games how many can you take care of and give the love that you want to give them and bring to the table realistically. Yeah. So I don't think there's not like a solid number, but I'd say it's like, do you feel like you have a collection that scratches your different urges of board gaming? Yeah. I, I feel like for, for us, when we purchase a new game specifically, it's always like, does this mimic any of the mechanics of a game that we already have in our collection? Does it, is it like different enough thematically to where it's not just like a reskin of something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the. I think that one's a, the real struggle. Sometimes is finding something that's a reskin. So, for example, I really like deck building games, but if you have too many deck building games in your collection, they all start to feel the same mm-hmm. after a while, right? Play five cards, buy things with the money that you gained in those five cards. Put them to the side, so on and so forth. So, just today, actually, we picked up a new game. Um, Taverns of Typhol. Typhenol. Uh, sounds like Tylenol. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say. Contact we... your doctor about <laughs> Typhenol. Yeah, so I don't know how to say it. But either way, you can find it on our Instagram page because it's a really great game. But in this game, when I was reading the back of the box in the store and it had said that... It was both uh, deck building and like and dice manipulation. And we don't have any games that combine those two mechanics. And so we played it earlier. I feel good about the purchase. I know we're going to bring it back out to the table because it doesn't match anything else yeah. that we have. Taverns of Typhenthal. Well, that, that was pretty close. Yeah. Taverns of Tylenol. Yeah. Which you might need after you're at the tavern. But ah, I'm so funny. You're all right. I'm so funny. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to, like, you shouldn't just, like, be throwing your money at board games like you're trying to put out a fire. If you are in a room and there's too many board games and, like, <laughs> you you can, like, suspect there might be somebody in the room with you, but you can't tell. That's too many board games. Yeah. If you can't see your gaming partner behind your board games, that's too many games. If you are able to one for one rebuild the set of Legends of the Hidden Temple with your board game boxes, 
you have too many games. Yeah, I you know I honestly wish we would have thought about this particular bit before we started recording. I think we could have come up with a lot more and it would have been very entertaining. Also, Legends of the Hidden Temple horrified me as a child. What? Mm-hmm. Why? Because when you're running through and you're trying to get all this shit and stuff at like the end through mm-hmm. the, like the obstacle course, the temple guards were fucking scary. Dudes are just like hiding behind shit. No kid, like you would just get snatched up like fucking uh, people, like people just trying to abduct a child. Nobody ever fought back. Nobody ever fought, and that's my ang- my most angry like realization. It's like why did nobody fight those guys? Stranger danger. You don't know who they are. Well, you've been holding this one in for a long time. Yeah, I've never heard this story from you. I also wanted to crawl into Omex's mouth while he was talking. Well, yeah. Why not? Why not? Really. But yeah, uh, just try and find like a, a nice balance of of games that kind of tickle your fancy when it comes to like things that you really enjoy or like uh, a different mechanic and stuff like that. Because then it's going to feel like you you have a variety wide enough to be like, okay, well, yeah, there is a place for this in my collection. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What do you think you should do if, if you feel like you have too many games? How are you going to get rid of them? That becomes a whole nother slew of fucking problems, right? Like, how do you properly, like, not even because of pandemic times, right? Like, but how do you offload things in a way where you feel like, A, if if you're worried about them finding a proper home, like, that's a big issue, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you want to try and recoup some of the money that you spent on it. Yeah. Or if you even want to do, like, a board game swap. Like, those, those are pretty, like pretty hard to like come to like how do you want to get rid of this yeah yeah i mean i guess for me whenever i'm trying to like declutter in the house or trying to get rid of things i'm a little less concerned with like recouping my money but i totally understand why somebody would be well yeah i mean if if um your purchase of a new game is dependent on reliable funds that like we we come from a very like we come from a point of privilege, right? Like when oh, yeah. we we budget into our into how we spend money with the uh, hobby of board gaming, right? So, but if you need to, like back in the day, when your parents don't give you enough money or you're saving up for stuff, if you need some extra dough to put towards a bigger purchase or something like that, it will lessen the blow if you can recoup some of the money. Yeah, I will say, um, I, I know that not all board game shops do this. In fact, I don't know that many that do. But um, games and stuff in Glen Burnie, Maryland, um, they have a whole used board game selection. So it's worth looking into if there's a shop near you yeah, and that usually, will buy your game off of you. Exactly. And most of the time you can just email people and they'll give you the upfront value of what it would cost. And mm-hmm. hopefully it's like store credit and stuff like that. But I'm totally game for store credit. That's yeah. for sure. Because yeah. I'm going to buy shit there anyway, let's mm-hmm. be real. Except for GameStop. Well, yeah, I don't want store credit at GameStop. I just went and sold it, sold two Xbox One S's at GameStop. And they're like, we'll give you $40 more if you do store credit. And what the fuck am I going to do with store credit to GameStop? Well, the worst part was is that they didn't even have the thing that we were looking for. Yeah, they had nothing for the Series X. No. What... What is the point if you're not going to be up on your consoles? Yeah, for real. Stupid. But you know what? I had the most pleasant experience I've ever had at a GameStop while I was there. So I guess I shouldn't complain too much because now I put that out into the world. (laughs) I'm sure that's going to come back at me. That's fair. 
Um, I would say like if you're not too worried about getting store credit somewhere or recouping some of your money, um, donating games to schools or libraries seems to be a pretty cool thing that a lot of places are doing. Like a lot of places are accepting. Mm-hmm. Again, during the COVID times, I don't know how much of that is going on, but like yeah, especially at schools and libraries. Yeah, but like a lot of schools and libraries have board game clubs or like extracurricular things for kids and shit to do. Like. Mm-hmm. That, I love the idea of donating my games to a school. Yeah, like, because I guess the, the board game renaissance went on from, like, the late 90s to, like, present, right? Like, there's so many cool things and stuff going on. That was never something, like, we grew up with. Mm-mm. It was, like, Game of Life, fucking Monopoly, Parcheesi, like, all those, like, classic games. To say that they don't have their place is whatever. But if we had, like, things like Catan to play with a whole bunch of kids in school, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have fallen in with the wrong crowd of Halo players and Call of Duty. And look where that got you. Yeah. Totally fucked. Um, other things, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people online who've had good luck actually picking up games at Goodwill. So, for me, I'm also not averse to dropping my games off at Goodwill to donate them there. I have not had any luck finding games there, so I'm kind of jealous of the people who are like, Oh, I paid $7 for this game that would normally cost me 40 Yeah, a lot of it kind of is going to be dependent on the people in your area. Oh, yeah. Like for gaming sure. or whatever. A lot of yeah. our people on our street, they're pretty old. I don't know who's like <laughs> donating like Gloomhaven to their local fucking Goodwill. Listen, if somebody's donating Gloomhaven at this point, they've got one, a lot of free time, two, a lot of money. To just give that up. And three, they're just doing some fucky shit because it's a legacy game and they did all the, right. the shitty things with it. Exactly. What a douche. I will say one of my favorite ways to offload games, again, because I'm less concerned with recouping the money, is to just, like, give them to other people. So uh, one of our friends asked to borrow a game when, when they were having um, people having a friend over at their house. And so I gave them the games that they wanted to borrow. And I also put two other games that you and I don't play into the bag. And I said, these two games are your problem now. I want this one game back. But these two, they're your responsibility. Do whatever the fuck you want to do with them. Because I yeah. don't want them. Just like, you know, trying to get... He's like, oh, you want you want a taste of this? Here, we'll just, give, just give you a little bit. Just give you a little taste. Just a little, a little tasty taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I do like giving games up that way. Yeah. And it's like... If you want to play that game again, just don't be a shitty friend and we'll see you soon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. The other option is, of course, doing like a game swap, which I know different board game communities facilitate online. We've never actually participated. Not, I, I think just out of sheer laziness, if we're being honest. Well, I don't I don't really want to go through the effort of we've, like... We've never had to. I know a lot of places do like, uh, like Board Game Geek does like Secret Santa mm-hmm. or like the Board Game subreddit does like... Uh, holiday gift swaps and stuff like that and i don't know if that incorporates used games which i think think it would be pretty cool if it did but that become that becomes like a a risk thing too right because there are places that are facilitating it but that's Mm -hmm. also going in with the rose-colored glasses of everyone is doing the right thing so that Mm -hmm. to me sounds like it could be a little fucky and honestly you still gotta pay for shipping Mm -hmm. like to get rid of your game yeah, but Game to also get another one. So it's like, mm-hmm. hey, for a few bucks versus what we oh, just yeah. spent, we average between 40 and 60 bucks on a new game. If you're getting a, mm-hmm. a brand new one and getting rid of an old one for 5 bucks, 10 bucks, it might, might make the it. difference. Totes. 
Yeah, we've just never done it, and then I think we haven't done it because we're lazy. Yeah. That's really the only reason. We haven't had to yet, right? So, <laughs> and enough of our friends are, like, pretty low on, like, inv- like us being our, like, primary hobby that we do together is board gaming that mm-hmm. we could just offload them to people that we know, and it really wouldn't, it would be something brand new to their, to their collection and make mm-hmm. us feel good in the process. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing, uh, talking about like adding games to your collection or whether or not you really need something, one of the biggest kind of things you run into is, especially with brand new games, is trying to be an early adopter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not always necessary. Yeah, but that FOMO is so real. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I figured we'd talk about like some pros and cons of like, does this brand new game that you want to kickstart need to be in your collection yeah i i'm not entirely convinced that i need to have it right when it comes from kickstarter just to be honest generally speaking for me like you know you figure the first run of something is gonna have a few kinks to work out Mm -hmm. a few things to manage and it might have a few printing issues even right like who's to say what will happen in actual production at that point But, like, I don't know. It's so much fun to sit and peruse on Kickstarter all of the board games and, like, see what people are doing and, like, try to find the one thing that's going to hit it big that people are going to be stoked about. So Well, it's tough, too. Like, I know um, we're waiting for our copy of Canvas that we kickstarted back in fucking June. Earlier than that, I think. June at the latest is when we backed it. You know, so, but, like, it kind of tickled the... uh, like it was intriguing enough for us to be like oh we know we want this because mm-hmm. it has a lot of the mechanics and and uh gameplay and like the art style and theme that we liked yeah. and then we're like oh shit for like a few bucks extra for like early adopters you can get upgraded components mm-hmm. and all this shit and it's like ah oh, that sounds cool yeah so uh I- i'm pretty I'm a little bit risk averse when it comes to things like Kickstarter. And so uh, when I saw Canvas, I was like, John, we have to back this game. This game looks gorgeous. It looks like nothing we already own. And the play looks simple, but fantastic. And so I w- normally I'm the one who's like, no, you're not going to kickstart this game. That's usually my role. In this relationship. And very rarely do I say... I feel like I don't, I'm not a no person. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, I feel like I'm the... If you're going to do it anyway, you might as well. That's usually more my attitude. Because usually by the time you're asking me, you're not really asking for permission. Not that you need permission. But yeah. like... Well, I understand why you say no to me. Because I did back Dark Souls, the board game. Yeah, on and Kickstarter. Then, and then it, everything is great. The game, like... I've only played it a couple times because it's a difficult game to set up and I'm horrible at interpreting the rules and there's like edit rules and all this shit. And so when somebody else facilitates playing it, I I like playing it. Boy, I played it once. And then because I kickstarted it, all this shit keeps showing up all the time. And I'm like, for months, like nothing's shown up in a while. It's probably just like sitting at the post office here in Baltimore. Yeah, ready the for mail's you. all fucked up. But yeah, everything kept showing up after a while. And I was like, I don't want this shit anymore. I really don't. Some of it's even still unopened. Yeah, so I guess there we have two sides of the same coin. Where we haven't gotten Canvas yet. 
However, I've seen people posting it online, posting their copies, and I am very envious that they've already got it. So, stoked about that. Seems like everyone is in love with Canvas, and I can't wait to get our copy. And also, sometimes you act on impulse and buy things that you sometimes regret. So, when it comes to kickstarting a game, I, I, I mean, we can't really tell you yes or no, but you should really think more critically about it in terms of, like, one, how long are you willing to wait? Because that shit takes forever sometimes. Yeah. And at this point, the fact that we don't have our game is not the fault of the people making the game. No. It and- just, it just, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And, well, a lot of it, too, is, like, we we backed it knowing that they've already had successful campaigns for other games and stuff. So Yeah, that was we, part of it, too. Yeah, we knew a game was going to come out. But mm-hmm. you never know, especially with the past year and, like, supply chains and all this stuff. You never know if things are going to come out when they're supposed to. Yeah, so your patience is going to be strong. Yeah. That. But then, on the other end of that, you know, some other, like, sometimes games hit it big really fast. And you want to buy it because you want to be a part of... The in crowd, the cool kids, the zeitgeist, if you will. I, I don't even know what that means. It, it's like the the like the the feel of of everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, are you gonna look it up? Well, I'm gonna show you a definition. Okay. Well, so our example for this is Wingspan. Um, we did not purchase Wingspan. You want me to interrupt myself with? No, that? you. Can, I mean, it's fine. Period of history. As shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. Wow. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Yikes. And then put that into board games because that dumbs it down. Totes. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Wingspan came out a while ago. And, you know, part of it was people described it as this engine building. And my brain was like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I play a lot of board games, but this isn't really a mechanic I'm too familiar with. And then I was like, the theme is birds. What the fuck? Like, why would I want to spend my time playing around with birds? Yeah. Um, and you know, I we we were not early adopters of such things, and then as we started kind of diving more into the gameplay and how it actually works out, is that you know we bought it because why did we buy it? Do we have a reason? Well, we ended up buying it because it, we we had looked uh, enough up like about things and then recommendations from friends and stuff. So we had a pretty good baseline understanding of how it would play, yeah. and then knowing like trusted sources, right? And also, like, so to our point about pros and cons of early adopting, this game was out of print for so long. Probably At like least it six felt months, like it. Yeah, it felt like it was gone forever because we had finally decided we were willing to buy it and spend the money. In the on the investment for it, and then it disappeared. And then it disappeared. So like the cons of not early adopting are that when you decide you want it, you might have to wait, which is what we. Which apparently, if you adopt early in Kickstart, you're gonna have to wait for it to finally get to you. And if you decide that you're not gonna Kickstart, and you gotta wait anyway because it goes out of print. So yeah, you just gotta figure out what you're willing to live with. Mm-hmm. But Wingspan is great. Yeah, really enjoying it. Put, so, it, uh, put it like three times the first weekend we got it. and Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I love it. And, I mean, I'm telling you, there's so many fun facts about birds. But, yeah, we'll talk more about that when we talk about uh, what we've been playing and reading. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of, like, gaming in general, like when, well, not gaming, but like a lot of with board games, you bring it into your house and... 
how are, how are you organizing things in your home? You've decided that you could live with all the fucking games, right? <laughs> You've now your your guest room, your bathroom, your basement, your shed, the back seat of your car, everywhere has now been overtaken by games. Yeah. How are you organizing stuff? Well, so the way that I have organized our house in terms of board games is you know, we have that one IKEA shelf that it seems like everybody who has too many board games the has. The Calyx. The Calyx, if you will. Um, that shelf used to live in our main living space in mm. our house. Um, I decided that I felt like board games were overtaking this space and I could never feel clutter free. And I decided to move that up into our guest room. Similarly, we have the smaller version of the Calyx shelf. I think it's still called the Calyx because it's little boxes, little squares. Mm-hmm. And so I kept all the, I keep all the games downstairs that we play regularly. So whether it's a new game that we just bought that we like, a game we really want to play often, or, you know, just something that we in general bring to the table a lot that stays downstairs. Yeah. Um, anything that might be three plus players that lives upstairs, anything that's going to take more than two hours lives upstairs, yep. you know, cause we've got to go all the way up the stairs in the house to get it. Um, so there's that. Then we have our tiny, uh, our tiny game, um, our tiny sized games. Uh, I don't know, like tiny game isn't like always a small mm-hmm. playtime, but, or a short playtime rather. But a lot of our tiny boxes go into a specific drawer, our decks of cards and our other shit goes into another drawer. So it's like living with the accessibility of of getting to your collection and like not being overtaken by just like massively like sized boxes everywhere. Yeah. For a while I thought I would organize our games, um, you know, like alphabetically or some shit like that, or maybe by player count. Uh, that's too much work. Yeah. Um, it's too much work, especially if you're playing games often, then I get real like, Oh, where do I put this back? It's not, it's not worth the effort, uh, of, of doing that. And plus, I think the size of the game, like the size of the box that it comes in really does matter because otherwise, if you did something alphabetically, you might have like tiny epic galaxies right next to tapestry, right? And And the box for tapestry is huge and tiny epic games are small. Yeah. Plus plus it's like, you don't want to just pile shit everywhere. Like you doing things alphabetically, like you said, might not make sense because the size of the boxes. Also your house is in a fucking game store. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't have to like put it beautifully. Like all these people who have like, mm-hmm. th- I, like that's one one thing that kind of irks me about like board game culture and like people posting stuff. And it's like, oh well, you never want to miss something. You always have to have the coolest shit first. It's like, no, you don't. Like you're really not missing out on stuff. Yeah, right? there's something for everybody, and something that's cool to one person might not be cool to you. So yeah. So we've said the story before, but like if you love Ticket to Ride, man, go to fucking town. On Ticket to Ride. Yeah, we know people who are like balls deep in expansions. It's like, yeah. like, like, who cares? I like, love that they love it so much. Mm-hmm. That's really where I'm at. I love that this game means so much to you. Yeah, it's like, listen, I'm never going to be able to tour Europe on, on, on a train. <laughs> so I'm going to spend 50 bucks and tour Europe through Ticket to Ride. Why not? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just think there's a lot of different ways to organize that makes sense for your particular house. And like what what works what works for you? Yeah. And beyond everything else, it's like when you're deciding that this has to be a part of your collection, uh, I figured we'd just list off a few places that are great for researching and making sure that you're 
making the, like the most educated, well-informed decision. Yeah, so one of the places that I look up games that might feel might feel the most obvious to folks who would be listening here is to look on Board Game Geek because I like to look at the pictures. I'm a little less interested in a lot of reviews and things like that, but I like to see how people set up the game just to see if like that's appealing to me. Yeah, sometimes like if you, if you're not a big game person to say like you're like you can be easily overwhelmed by massive amounts of components or you just don't have a large table to play things with inside your home. Like you want to see how things are going to look on the table. You want to see how, you know, two to four people are all set set up around a game board and, and all the setup because if that's not what you want to play and what you have the like physical real estate for, then that just might be something you want to pass up on. Yeah, definitely. We do also, even though we don't buy games on Amazon, we do look at Amazon reviews sometimes. But honestly, it's for the same reason that we look on Board Game Geek. Yeah. Right? We're looking for pictures. We're looking for just like, you know, if somebody says this plays a lot like XYZ game that we already have, I might step back from it for that reason. Yeah. It's also like the the stuff on Amazon, like the reviews are a little more versatile to read through. Yeah. 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 So. And then just bombard yourself on social media with different uh, <laughs> board game pages and, and followers and stuff like that. Because those are the people that are trying. We we don't always stay updated on like the newest stuff. But New like releases. a lot of those people do. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful for that because that's how we kind of jump into some of the new stuff. Or like things that we wouldn't have noticed otherwise. And that's pretty cool to just have aside from what your your racist uncle is saying online on facebook or you know being bombarded by uh mlm crap on instagram just follow these board game groups yes and that just you know just increase your happiness and also even though you know we're currently in the pandemic times um you can't i can't uh undervalue how much it means just to go talk to somebody at a board game shop if you're able to yeah. at this point, because, you know, even let's say you're new to board gaming and maybe you have one or two games. If you go into a board game shop, somebody who works there, if they're going to ask you what you have and what you like about that game, and they're going to be able to make recommendations based on those. So like the, that to me, you know, we probably went to bought wingspan had somebody at the store been like you said you like this kind of game yeah here's how this relates to that for you Mm -hmm. um so can't undervalue what it means just to go in and be able to to ask somebody what they think yeah shout out to like the woman who helped us at uh games Games and stuff uh last weekend when we picked up uh wingspan and tiny epic zombies because she like like people who are that passionate working at a place like that like they're hired at a board game shop to a convince you to spend the money that's like that's their, their their main utility but b like they if they're talking highly about something it's because they really enjoyed it they're not going to push you in a direction because just if, because well especially if like you don't end up enjoying this and you went off their recommendation you're less likely to trust that person's word mm-hmm. so yeah it's definitely worth they're kind of like librarians in that way hmm, never considered that a little bit they they, they usually know the inventory yeah. They know how to ask you what you like, what you don't like, that hmm. kind of thing. Maybe I just had shitty librarians growing up. I could have been a good librarian. Could have been. I think I missed my calling with that. I could have been a good librarian. It's quiet. Well, you know, 
We like money though. And I like books. Librarians can make bank if you if you do do it for a long time. Well, jeez. <laughs> if you are willing to suck the life out of yourself. I you mean, can do listen, it. we're not experts on what it means to be a librarian, so please don't don't quote us on any of that shit. Yeah, I can barely read. Yeah, you're you're definitely not qualified to be a librarian. No. So there's that. Well, we've reached the point of the uh, the episode where we uh, talk about what we've been playing and what we've been doing that uh, may not be a board game related. Yeah, so uh, recently we learned that Verizon is giving us six free months of uh, Discovery Plus, yeah. which just means we've been watching all the episodes of Guy's Grocery Games from now until forever. Yeah, Property Brothers shit too, for the houses we'll never be able to afford from rich white people who just have disposable income out the ass. To just spend $150,000 on a house they're already paying off, so yeah, good for them. Yeah, Brianna is a uh, ant farmer, and uh, Brantley uh, likes to sell used socks to farmers, and they're... Their budget's seven million dollars. Yep, done. So we've been watching that. We're so we're all we're getting through Gilmore Girls. You've got about a season and a half plus the revival. I'm so sad. Sad. Yeah, because it's gonna be gone. Yeah, I know. I don't know what we're gonna watch then. We're gonna cancel Netflix because it's literally the only reason we have Netflix. I told you though, I already own Gilmore Girls on DVD. We could just watch it on DVD. I know, but not the revival. That's true. Yeah. Are we watching anything else? Um, I've been watching Dawson's Creek actually on Netflix. And I've been, uh, I just recently watched, uh, rewatched Kong Skull Island and uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters in anticipation for uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong coming out uh, in a couple of months. Well, there you go. Yeah. You did it. Um, I'm reading right now. Uh, I just finished the book Red Queen, which is kind of like Hunger Games and uh like x-men kind of like powers that were just kind of given to you or you were born with kind of thing and i'm in the second book of that series right now so shout out to my friend nikki for recommending that after um knowing what kind of books i like so i'm on book three of 2021 and so i'm proud of that i'm already ahead of schedule for the year trying to read 24 books this year gonna make it happen nice what are you reading um well we just went to the comic shop and uh we picked up some new stuff, so hopefully I'm going to be starting a, a new comic series called Deep State, which is like sci-fi and horror kind of themed government black ops stuff, so that mm-hmm. looked really cool. Um, and then I've been just kind of making my way through The Walking Dead still. I pick it up, it's this massive book, I put it down, and I wish I was burning through it faster. Yeah, I mean, it's a weapon. That book is a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, you know, in terms of board games we've been playing, we played Wingspan. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. We bought, or we played Taverns of, uh, Tyf, Tyf, Tylenol. Um, no, Tyfenthal. 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 Yeah. Um, we played that. We played Tiny Epic Zombies yep. this week, which was actually a lot more complicated than I anticipated it being, but. For real. I'm looking forward to playing it again, because it's co-op, and sometimes co-op games, uh, get the best of us for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. We're still we still got to finish Pandemic Legacy season one. Too. Mm-hmm. So we played that. We've been playing a lot of uh, Palace, the card game. Yeah, if you don't know Palace, we I can do an entire episode on Palace. I think we should do an entire episode on uh, card games, just like generic ass card games that we like to play. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Then, as a last final note, you know, this whole episode was about managing your collection, and we talked about how we organize our shelves. Make sure you check out our board game challenge for 2021. One of them is to post a shelfie, which is a picture of your board game shelf, or multiple shelves, which is what 
I'm going to have to do when I post hours. Or just like a stack of games that if it falls over can kill your toddler. Yeah, that too. Um, so yeah, make sure you check that out and post a picture of your board game shelf. I'm going to do it when we post this episode. Do it. But yeah, um, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, remember, you guys can find us all over the internet. Uh, board to get, uh, board to death podcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes posted um, in their uh, just natural form. But we're also on all the uh, podcast apps. Yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and, Stitcher for Android. And then it's not Google Play Music anymore. It's like YouTube Music, and I don't know if our shit transferred over. So just stick to Stitcher. Apple uh, Podcasts and uh, Spotify. Spotify. You can find us there. You we're also bored to death podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, and if you can uh, go and uh, review our stuff on your podcast apps and stuff, it helps us for visibility and getting our name out there. And we are super uh, super cool to chat with. So if you ever want to talk about stuff that we're playing or things that we're posting, feel Send free to me reach a message. out. I stay at home all the time and need internet friends. Yeah. And also uh, bored to death podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And give us some, give us a review, like write, write some words yeah. on Apple podcasts in particular. Sound fun. Cool cast. It doesn't have to be complicated. Mm-hmm, that few, works for me. Few words make time for stuff. All right, Kevin. <laughs> anyway. Well, on that note, I think we have pizza waiting out on our front steps. Hell Yeah. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Kayla. And this is how we work.